0: Resistance, join the resistance, come on, let's start by talking tactics, and we'll have a pause and match this, here's how we practice, the lost daughter conversation, David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is
1: John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, we are doing... Crazy Cat versus Mutts, two comic strips. Yeah. One past, one from the present. And the future. I'm the only fu- guessing. but So we're, we're back to on form for the podcast theme, which is past and present. Sometimes we get off of that. Most times we do. Actually, no, yeah.
0: we've done it recently.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to go back to it. Yeah, we did a real Back to the Future, and Looper was a real sticking to it in many different ways
0: yeah and well and so was tourist trap and uh whatever the hell the witch the witch <laughs> Vavitch. but yeah this um i don't know what we're gonna talk about crazy cat uh crazy... how did you experience crazy cat you know what i think i must have seen some somewhere as a kid maybe maybe like in a collection at a bookstore or something just but maybe not, I don't even know, like, I don't know how I knew of Crazy Cat, but I, I know I knew of it, like, at a younger age, um, but I didn't really read it uh, until I was an adult, and um, they, I think, was it Fantagraphics put out the collections? Anyway, it doesn't matter who put them out, but they, they put out um, a bunch of Crazy Cat collections in, like, big, large hardcover book form and i got some
1: uh i think that was um what is it, chris ware i think his name is something like that he's a, he's a comic book guy who does his own things but he designed the the series you're talking about he designed what they're going to look like and everything so that was a big deal i mean there had been yeah. other collections of crazy cat but that was like a, a a you know work from the heart yeah and they're really nice
0: i got i've got a couple of the books so um what, what about you
1: uh, yeah I didn't know about Crazy Cat as a kid maybe I saw it here or there but I don't remember knowing about it but I like when I was 19 or 20 I was at the bookstore and I just, it was before the the collection you're talking Reissues, about yeah and it was just just a big collection of of books and I I took it out for the podcast just to remind myself what that book was like and I and I didn't do this on purpose but the foreword for my edition of Crazy Cat was written by Patrick McDonald who is the creator of Mutt's so that's pretty funny. Wait. Oh, that yeah. Uh anyway, that's I just really liked it when I read that collection and it's a the collection I picked up is is kind of a half biography, half history of Crazy Cat, half biography of George Harriman. Oh yeah, I've seen that book, yeah. History of Crazy Cat and then like a huge just page after page of of Sunday strips and daily strips. So it's it's a pretty cool collection. And, uh, included in it is the essay written, I forget the dude's name, but there is a guy in the twenties that wrote the kind of, uh, so this was midway through crazy cats life that wrote an essay about how great it is. And uh, it was kind of, it's funny. I don't think I, I mean, obviously when I first got this book, I didn't read the essays and stuff. I just read the comics, but I went back to the essays. It is surprising to me because after reading this and, and looking through it, a lot of people, I guess it's kind of like, uh. What's that quote you give about the Andy Warhol band? Everybody, oh yeah, nobody not, listened to it, but everybody's inspired by it. Yeah, n- not very many
0: people bought their albums, but everyone who did started a band. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's not the same thing, but this Crazy Cat was not popular except among like the intellectuals and future cartoonist and R- William Randolph Hearst. So <laughs> it ran for forty years without having like. The popularity of a Peanuts or a a, a Calvin – even a Calvin and Hobbes didn't run that long just because Hearst loved it and said you can go for as long as you want. And since he owned everything, that was a true statement he made. But uh, not only him, like somebody like him could have liked something crappy. Right. Like like, like the guy who owned – well, I'm not saying it's crappy, but the guy that insisted that – the, what was the network that was like the Beverly Hill Bills or something? Or Gunsmoke stayed in the air because the network president's wife liked it. But I mean this was something that was not only uh it was not well liked by the general public, but it was was well regarded by critics. So it's interesting that this was able to live well. You know, it's just it's good luck. Good fortune that the hearse liked it. Yeah. So but,
0: um I mean you can see why. Uh it
1: because even today, it's kind of avant-garde a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the, I mean, some of the punchlines, if you want to call them that, are just absurdities. Yeah, and, and I love it, but not everybody would. Uh, yeah, and and this strip, I don't think it was the first, but it was one of the first to feature animals instead of people, and kind of <clears throat> leave like the realistic world of comic strips of you know the like the w- the one he was drawing at the time he created Crazy Cat. So he was doing a strip. First, it was called the Dingbats, Dingbat Family, which is uh, Edith and Archie. <laughs> yeah, and then he he moved over. He renamed that and retitled, re-retitled the strip and changed the subject. There was still the same family that was featured, but it was called the People Upstairs. Are, the neighbors or something about the people upstairs. And it was just the dingbat family's arguments with the people upstairs. And you never meet the people upstairs. And <clears throat> I read a few of those strips over the years and they're not very good, but <laughs> during this time he had some blank space on this strip, and he just used it to like do these little dumb, uh, simple, like kind of like, uh, Sierra S- Sergio, Arag- I don't know how to say huh? his name. The mad Sergio
0: mad- Aragones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of like the stuff he would did over the years in mad magazines. just kind of like small things that, to fill the margins. And that's what that's the original where crazy cat first appeared. But so it was in this kind of bland strip that that started. And, uh, and over, over time, I think people grew to like that more, but more importantly, he did. He liked that. He liked drawing crazy cat and just the animals and stuff more than the, the family that was kind of a, bad strip so that took over eventually it got its own space and apparently a lot of newspapers <coughs> didn't like crazy cat they were forced to have it because they're a part of the hearst network but they didn't like it so they they wouldn't allow it in the comic strip pages it had to be in like the the arts and entertainment section along with like our film or not theater review and music review I thought that was pretty interesting, and just the strip itself. If you've never seen it, you should. It's it's the the art is excellent. It's like so crazy good how how much emotion he get out of like these little line drawings. But it's uh, Crazy Cat is the the title character, <clears throat> and he's just this happy go lucky cat or she. There's no the no gender is ever defined. You never really know. <clears throat> and Crazy Cat is in love with Ignatz the mouse, and Ignatz the mouse hates Crazy Cat for. <laughs> no good reason and it's just the push and pull between them and that's how the strip was for a long time and then office of pup which is this dog who's the sheriff of cook county is introduced and he, he he is constantly protecting crazy cat and eventually falls in love with crazy cat so it's this whole triangle going on and then uh, crazy cat or i'm sorry office of pup and Ignatz are kind of rivals in that they just want to insult each other all the time and I'm, I think that's about all you really need to say about the strip because there's lots of like uh, absurdities in it and uh, some slapstick here and there and then there's like esoteric jokes about language and it it kind of goes all over the place. And what's really interesting the 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 Monday or the daily strips are pretty good, but the Sunday strips have really interesting layouts yeah, because he has the, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. they're
0: crazy and they're like dense and like but. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead with what you were gonna say.
1: He had he had so much space to work with that, that he could make it so dense because he would have like a whole page of the paper, and you can you could pour over this. Yeah,
0: um, and and he, I mean, he also obviously he wasn't the first to do this because you had Mark Twain and stuff, but like um, using uh, vernacular and slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is he's the strip started in what like 1913 right um, so this was pretty early for that kind of thing the whole thing like when you read it you're like this could be in the paper today <laughs> and it would it would still be considered kind of weird um so it's amazing that he did it that early and like i said i could totally see why people wouldn't be into it it, it really does like <laughs> when i was reading it and uh and thinking about the time frame, I was like, oh, he must have been, like, inspired by, like, uh, the post-impressionists and, like, cubism and stuff. Just mm-hmm. how, how
1: out there his, his shit is. And then he's <clears throat> also the – this didn't show up in his other earlier strips because uh, a lot of his out there stuff is just the fact that it's, like, set in the desert, which is not the – a location you'd see in a lot of strips back then, or even now, and uh, so you'd have all these like monuments and stuff that you'd see in the in uh, Arizona and uh, you know just the southwest Southwest U.S. So uh, <clears throat> and that that makes it for a little bit of a like fantastical feel to it as well, and and the fact that like he'll have one panel where they're in the middle of that desert, the next panel they're in a the house, the next panel they're out at sea, just Ray. fun stuff like that. And like you said,
0: there, there is like the kind of, um, there is an element of the slapstick humor, I guess. Uh, but it's also like really well blended with the absurd humor. Mm -hmm. Like it's never, it doesn't feel dumb ever.
1: No, no. Um,
0: and I was trying to think like, I don't know, people really have to read it. Like we're not going to be able to describe it that well, but, um. But there was also a strip, and I'm looking it up right now to see when it came out, um, that was also weird, I think, from the time... Oh, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, But wasn't there... Are you looking at Garfield? Yeah, Garfield. (laughs) Um, No, there was Little Nemo uh, Adventures in Slumberland. Mm Mm-hmm which was also early but the only thing that's coming up is like this 1989 animated film. Um so I can't I can't find out when that came out but that was all based on like kind of uh it had you know dream iconography and it
1: was
0: mm-hmm. uh and this kind of reminds me of that like I, I wish I could find out when that came out but I feel like it was early 20th century yeah, n- as well. Yeah,
1: 1905.
0: 1905. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so there was like some weird shit going on at the beginning of the comic strip um Empire. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were fig- they're definitely figuring it out. I think it was a new thing they'd had, you know, the political cartoons and stuff I know in newspapers um
1: which if Yeah, you've and I
0: ever seen those. Uh, they're just fucking bizarre, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. And the the, the, the like little, little Nemo and there I don't know. I can't think of any other ones, but there's I think there's other ones that are similar that they were telling a story. Well, there's the ones that came later that did the same thing like Mark Trail, but it was just, t- it was telling a serialized story over time. It wasn't coming out every day. It was coming out once a week and it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was doing a different thing than what it eventually evolved into. But yeah, but a little Nemo was pretty weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think like th- that's the thing about crazy cat and little Nemo. These are er- really early comic strips. And really they're the only two I know of from that time period. Um, that they were using uh, the medium to do things that couldn't be done in any other way. Like, they were really creative with... I mean, because it was so... It was like early cartoons before there were cartoons, you know? And they were they were just getting bizarre and and um, surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know when, like, the whole movement of surrealism... Um, as as like it has been codified like with dolly and all that stuff uh really started but you it don't to think be later of it, yeah you don't think of it being this early and this is definitely a precursor if nothing else to the surrealist stuff like i'm trying to think even in literature and stuff it came
1: later um well there's that uh what's the name of it Harriman did the i mean this is a little bit surreal but it's not I don't know. But the the cockroach who wrote poetry. Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and Mahitab? Is that what yeah, it was Yeah,
0: uh Archie and Mahitab. Yeah.
1: I I don't know who wrote the poems, but uh, George Harriman was was the one who did the the drawings for those, those, those collections.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean I I don't mean to like go overboard with the surrealism on this, but I'm just, but it is there. It's an element of it. Um to some small extent and Mhm. At least in the humor, yeah. Like you yeah. were saying, like sometimes it's not really a punchline; it's just more a totally absurd uh, type of thing. And and generally, you start seeing um, that kind of absurdism after World War One um, at the earliest. So yeah, this is I don't know. It's really cool. Like I can totally read these and not feel like. Um, it's not like reading some 19th century literature where, you know, you're...
1: Right. They, well, I, th- I guess another factor is that when you read one of these, you might be reading one from 1915, or you might be reading one from 1937. Or, so yeah, or
0: 44. Yeah, and yeah. it's very consistent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he evolves and he adds characters, but it, there's still, there's not that huge of a difference between when he starts and when he finishes. I think in the beginning it was more slapsticky, and then as he went on, he, he not only did he up the art get put more work into that but he he just got more dense in in the kind of language he would use and where he was going with things but yeah it's it's fun i and i I read a quote from him let me see if i can find it in this book about um i can't find it but it, oh, here it is uh no it, it doesn't matter the exact quote but he was he, he was just talking about using animals in the strip and that, you know, now when you look at a comic strip, there's, there's like, I don't know, 60, 60, 50, 60% at least have an animal in it. And he, his point, his thing was, you know, you're, if you have an animal in your strip, you're going to be much better. I don't care if, if the to paraphrase, he, he didn't care if there was humans as well, but bringing an animal in really, really makes things better. <laughs> but I mean, when you're, when you're, using this cartoon style it it makes sense to say that cuz you can create humans out of animals and that's what he did he created like these these they, they they might use four legs but they still had like the emotional capital of a human so it was interesting yeah which
0: is something i mean you don't even think about cuz we take it for granted that's right. basically comic strips and cartoons since way before we've been alive anyway but yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and the whole, the, I mean, I talked about the crazy cat being in love with Ignatz, but the the fact that every strip involved Ignatz throwing a brick at crazy cat in one way or another. Not every strip, but almost every strip. And as we said, the the the, uh, the strip ran for thirty years, and Halle he was able to make a cartoon rat throwing a brick at a cartoon cat. Stay fresh for 30 years is, is pretty amazing.
0: It really is, yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't every strip, but I think... Because I, I feel like it must have come in somewhat later. Um, or maybe not right at the beginning, because some of the early strips I feel like didn't... Or maybe I have it reversed. It, but anyway, yeah. No, and it's always funny for some reason. <laughs> well, it's I, because I don't... Crazy Cat's just so, like... He's so, like, lovable and, like... He's, what, <laughs> naive, I guess you would say, but he's very, like, happy with life. And this, the Ignats can't stand that about him. I guess it's like the opposite of Tom and Jerry.
1: And I, I think the bricks were there from the beginning. I don't know about the
0: beginning, but very early. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. it, But it, it makes it sound. See, Are... lo- describe it like that, it makes it sound just kind of dumb, but it's not.
1: No, that's. I mean, that's why I wanted to describe it, because it's it's hard to, to say how cool it is, how fun it is in the book. I mean, in the actual strips compared to when you think about it. Just throwing a brick at them, who cares? Right. But, you know, uh, the, the Tom and Jerry always bothered me because they weren't friends. So that's why I like Crazy Cat, because even though they're not friends, one of them likes the other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ign- Ignat's just kind of a dick. I mean, that's what it comes <laughs> yeah. down to.
1: He and his kids, they're all dicks. <laughs> And that's what's this funny? Ignatz is married with, is married with a family, and his crazy cat is just a homewrecker. But you don't really mind, <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: and I know it could. I mean, it could also be a uh, very early um, gay love, just coded. <laughs> Who knows? It's kind of cool to think about it that way. Um, most likely, it's not. He's just or just gender fluid. Yeah, gender fluid. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I even like like I was talking about with the language like, um, officer pup is spelled mm-hmm. O F F I S S A officer, and th- like that's kind of how crazy cat talks. Yeah, um, yeah. lots <laughs> of slang and and like I said, vernacular like the spelling is is uh, approxim approximates the the sound of the words rather than yeah, it's it's right. really cool. And. Uh, and,
1: and... Uh, And not all the characters have the same dialect, which makes it fun, too. Yes.
0: Yeah, no. Crazy Cat's definitely got his own. Um, Officer Pup has his own. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ignat's just...
1: Uh, he's fairly <laughs> normal, but. Just very angry. He, I angry. mean, he, when you say he's a dick, he's even dick to his family. He's just, he's a, like, there's one I remember. He comes home and there's a picture of him on the wall and he yells at his wife, I hate this thing. I hate how it looks. And she's <laughs> like, okay, well, get rid of it. Get rid of it now. It's like, whatever, man.
0: And yet, uh, <clears throat> you don't really hate him. Like, he's a perfect oh. counterpoint in <laughs> <Yeah>. it. So. <laughs> Yeah, Crazy Cat is is surprisingly great, and like I was, like I said, I was pretty shocked, like when I found out the the time period of it. I think um, mm-hmm. just so far ahead of its time, and
1: and great. Like, and once in a while he'll throw in a like a topical thing, but it doesn't really take you out. Like he'll have a reference to women's suffrage, or that's sort of something that's all over the place at the time, but it doesn't. Right. But you so, but you know means, the history and it doesn't bother
0: you. Yeah, it's not like... Uh,
1: if you don't know when it's from, it doesn't really make a big deal either. It's just, it's in there. So I, I find that pretty interesting, too, that he was able to to bring some topics up but not, like, overload it so it yeah. made it um, impossible, like impossible to decode. It's not, yeah, it's not Doonesbury. <laughs> not everybody can be dunesbury
0: Thankfully. Never really cared for dunesbury ever. No. <laughs> I mean, obviously, as a kid, it wasn't going to appeal to me. But then, even as like a teen and stuff, I, I was like, "Yeah, this is. I don't. I don't like this."
1: I, I, I think I admire what it does, but I don't especially like. I. I mean, having a strip that is entirely political, and, and you know, so many of them have. There's no s- p- fixed point of time for them, and they're specifically specifically like that, so they can be sold again and all kind. And they're not made. To be to not have a fixed point of time other than to be sold in like coffee table books and stuff but doomsbury is just I don't know it's it's kind of neat how you how can have this topical stuff two weeks ahead of time and still be on point <laughs> yeah well I I mean it's but like, anyway I don't like it that much so I'm, I don't really want to defend it no yeah it's like
0: it's like the uh, the Bruce Springsteen of comic strips like I can admire it and not really enjoy it uh, all that much I
1: like, I like Bruce Springsteen more than Doomsbury but
0: oh me too definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, they should really rerun this in comics. Although I guess like the Sunday pages are way too, the strips are way too big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think if, you know, people didn't like it in the twenties, I don't think people are going to especially like it now.
0: Yeah. In the next twenties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the art you mentioned, but yeah, I want to bring that up again. Cause the arts really great and simple but not simplistic it's it's very Uh, like he he gets everything he can out of as little as he can which is always admirable to me too mm -hmm. Um, because i like in my writing i'm the exact opposite i kind of have logeria, and i throw everything out there and i i really admire people who can uh show some restraint
1: (laughs) in their abilities (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he he shows a lot without without doing a lot, but at the same time, he does a ton. Yeah, like he you did, said, they're dense. They're, yes. they're These dense strips, but there's like the like what he's trying to say is you could take all the dents and say out it doesn't distra- distract from it. It really adds to it, but it's not necessary for what he's trying to say. Right. Exactly. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, it does to me. Yeah, and it will to anybody who reads it. I think. Um, yeah. I, I'm so glad that I, I, like, delved into it as an adult. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it is, like, I agree, like, you were saying it was, like, um, a favorite of, like, critics and intellectuals. But I do, I like, I consider it art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unlike a lot of comic strips. I mean, capital A art. Um, right. Which is, you know, I don't mean to get all haughty or anything, but it's, it really does what art's supposed to do to me. Um, and I would highly recommend it to everybody.
1: Oh yeah. If you, if, I mean, it's not that hard to find a collection of crazy cats. So if you're, if you've never seen it and you want to see it, it's not that hard to make yourself say it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I bought mine used.
1: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm even wondering if it's public domain, maybe it's even legally, uh, uh, available online.
0: Uh, maybe some of the earlier ones. Um, They changed copyright law, um, more like somewhat recent. I I don't know if it was the eighties or when, uh, they changed it, but so it's, uh, the death of the author plus 75 years, but it might've been different when he started too. Um, so yeah, who knows? It it will be soon. I would imagine.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Although, but whatever, even if you don't need to find a public domain, there's easy ways to find very yeah, easy ways. To find. Yeah, you can you can find it. Um,
0: I'm sure. I mean, they have strips online um, mm-hmm. that you can find. So yeah, it's it's not difficult.
1: And I find, also find it pretty interesting that throughout the early days of Crazy Cat, he was Harriman uh, was drawing Crazy Cat, but doing like seven other comic strips at the same time. So, <laughs> I mean the one that became like like an iconic strip that is remembered forever is crazy cat but he was doing all these other ones while he was doing it so it was it wasn't his sole focus but i think after the 30s or 20s or 30s that was all he did so but, i mean you just think of like uh, charles schultz charles schultz just did one thing the whole time through right i mean not all not all guys are like that i know that that wizard of id guy i think he did a couple but it kind of shows
0: Yeah, you can't really mention Wizard of Ed in the same breath
1: as as Crazy Cat. Well, maybe not the Wizard of Id guy. Who's the guy? I thought the BC guy did two different, but maybe not. Maybe it's like, I forget. But you you know what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: The BC guy is the uh, guy who went Crazy Christian, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was him. Maybe it was like the BC guy was Crazy Christian and he drew one strip and wrote and drew one. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, who
0: cares? Who cares? Yeah, no. Yeah, George Harriman's like the the Scott Ackerman of uh, comics. You're saying.
1: <laughs> and he also has this interesting history of of, I mean, not interesting. It's kind of sad that he 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 was born in New Orleans and and his family was like at the time of when segregation laws were starting to hit, and he was they were um, uh, I don't know. They had a hit. They had African American blood. Yeah, them, yeah. So that meant that they were not allowed to do stuff that quote white people are allowed to do and then I I don't I didn't know about this but if you passed as white and you, all you had to do was say you're white and you could do things that other black people couldn't do and that's what he did he just until later in life he never like talked about his history Mid- yeah. Just,
0: yeah it's a it's, it's an interesting story his story yeah i've i've in one of the books i think it talked
1: about yeah 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 so it's and then so I, later in life he's like I think I have a little bit of I forget if you put I think he said African blood in me because my hair is kinky and that's why I wear a hat to cover up my hair so it was just sad, but well yeah I mean
0: that was the time I I don't know right. like it's not anything you can judge somebody for for oh sure. no like, no yeah. no
1: I'm just that he had to do that is what it's I'm saying. Sad. So yeah. So, 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 he he was born in New Orleans and they were kind of forced out because the the all over the South they were really really pushing those laws but the West wasn't was a lot more free so they moved to California and he, he basically just lived the rest of his lo- life in L.A. so things weren't as bad there. Yeah
0: yeah, um, yeah. I mean that was that was the time of the well, the one drop rule like you have mm-hmm. one drop of black blood and you're black you know, like, um, yeah horrible time but. He
1: made great Good art, art. Out of it. So. Yeah. Um, oh, he also made racist art, so don't feel too bad for him. Wait, he was, did he? Yeah, you know, everybody was doing caricatures and stuff. Earl at that time. That's some of his. Some of his strips had the the the, <sighs> the Amos Black and Andy stuff. Yeah. It yeah.
0: it it's really it's hard to judge from our vantage point. Even that kind of stuff. I mean, right. Obviously, yeah. there was racism. I think. That kind of stuff wasn't even seen as racist necessarily,
1: right? Uh, and I don't think they were necessarily. He was
0: necessarily being cruel. He was just going with the times. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. You get into all kinds of difficult moral issues when you look to the past. Um, so, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's hard to judge. Yeah, and even in uh, even in Crazy Cat, he had he had. Well, I don't have a, as big of a problem with this, but he did use like. Uh, shortcuts for stereotypical characters. Like, there's that Asian animal. I don't know what... what the, oh, yeah, what you, yeah. Where's the, you know, the kind of mystical mystical look to him.
0: Right, right. Um, could have been worse. I mean, it's no Mickey <laughs> yes.
1: Rooney. Easily could have been worse, and nobody would have blinked, blinked an eye. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I love talking about Crazy Cat because it's such a fun, fun thing to go through, and it, it's an interesting time he was working in through. I mean, just... I mean, it's kind of easy to say that when you're talking about thirty different years, but just yeah, it's it's. Well, I it's, mean, it's a fun world strap.
0: wars. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was a insane time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you want to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about mutts. Sure. Okay, we'll be right back, everybody. We had a comrade, a brave comrade He could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamira To computers wearing earphones oh. He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke train a racing steeple chasing so time and patience but all the best things. we're back with Mutz. Uh, uh, more well it's still going right it's, so it started yeah. in 94 94
1: yeah um, it's not groundbreaking uh I, I, if you read if you read the Mutz, if you go through Mutz, you can tell that he i mean not only did that, that he wrote the for to this uh, crazy cat collection i happen to have but just the artwork the art definitely is, has yeah influenced. almost a
0: dead ringer for for crazy cat i mean the the style yeah you, you yeah. look at it and you're like oh crazy cat
1: Yeah, right he he, he doesn't do as much absurd stuff or how well, once in a while muzzles will have absurd i don't read it as much as i used to but i just don't read comic strips as much as i used to i don't you know yeah. it's, it's so funny how the world has changed where you used to get a, a paper every morning and that's the first page i'd read but yep. anyway so uh he doesn't go with that as much or obviously you're, nobody's going to be able to to copy crazy cat but it's interesting that someone m- in modern times is so heavily influenced by him not just just like not just the fact that he uses animals but the art style is is very and I think there's a lot of bad stuff you can say about much not bad but it's just kind of it's a little bit treacly at times Yeah it's it's a and, little
0: more it, it's way more a Hallmark card-ish
1: Yeah yeah, and well, he does do other f- funny things, but I like that his artwork, much like Harriman's artwork, is is done simply, and you can pick up a lot of emotion out of his out of just like small lines. Oh,
0: the it's art is great.
1: Small yeah. changes in lines. He does that really, really well, and he, he does do get a little bit hallmarky. That there's there's some. Some of the uh what's his name? Mooch Mooch strips are just talking about the pink sock and that's all all it is. There's no punchline. It's right. just I love my little pink sock, which is I mean, fun if you have a cat or fun if you have a pet or just fun in general, but it's not really funny and that's not very interesting.
0: No, you could do more with that, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. It's it's <laughs> so kinda sometimes. lazy.
1: Sometimes he does do more, but, you know, it's, I guess it depends on the week. It, it, and he does interesting stuff like the, 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 I don't know why he's, I guess he just liked the movie, but there'll be stretches of times where it's just whole, uh, Big Lebowski references, which <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun for a, a, a Hallmark animal strip to do. Yeah,
0: it's, I would say it's, it's not comparable to Crazy Cat uh, as far as, as, greatness and originality Um, right the art is like i said great and obviously it came from crazy cat but and also he has uh, i don't know if this is a running thing but in the strips i read um the squirrels throwing uh acorns at the at the dog and uh which is definitely straight out of the brick from crazy cat so
1: and the the squirrels are pretty funny too they're kind of dicks like ignats and I, i i've I feel like they've always been that way that they've always just had something kind of with it's, they're a good contrast to the brightness and light of Earl and Mooch who are just like these family pets that are always talking about eating and playing with socks. And then the squirrels are just kind of jerks that throw acorns at them for no reason and say something rude, which is, I think that works.
0: Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the two old men in the Muppet show, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and these, these like, recent strips, they're all... Uh, so he also does, like, he tries to do um, a kind of vernacular thing with uh, the one dog, because it's all... This dog is, like, dancing to spring, but he pronounces it spring, and, you know, yeah. he does that kind of thing. But it's not... Yeah, sh- yeah. yeah. Um, but that's just more of a speech impediment, really, than... <laughs> uh, but yeah, the best thing about it for me is the art. Like it's it's not something I would buy a collection of, I don't think.
1: Um I think the one also to in defense of it, the ones we looked were especially uninteresting. I I, I like it much more when the owners are there. The Earl the dog is owned by this like bachelor guy who's kinda makes him a little bit lazy sometimes and doesn't want to take him for a walk and then and Mooch is owned by this old couple who, where the woman, it's just a kind of stereotypical old couple where the woman's just a regular woman and the man's an old crank, but usually their interaction is, is funnier than the interaction of just the animals. But anyway, y- y- there's no way I'm going to win an argument where I say much is better than crazy cat. Cause it isn't, oh, but you know, like, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think anybody would,
1: would I don't make think that Patrick claim. McConnell would Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever his name is, uh, uh, Patrick McDonald, but, uh, I do like the exist, and it's it, it, like you said, it's a little bit harmarky, But I think he tries to do more with it than a typical hallmarky strip. I don't feel like he's just going to be up on refrigerators like a family circus or Dilbert. Yeah, no, it's definitely not family circus. There's more to it, and I he has the he has like week long strips during the summer where he, they're supporting like. I don't know adopting pets and stuff like that, and I think that's pretty neat. And also something that didn't show up in the strips we read, and I'm not sure if he doesn't do it anymore, or if just we happen to read a bad, bad stretch. But his Sunday strips, he used to do this really these awesome references to famous works of art, and they were well done. They, well, I've they, seen those. They, yeah, yeah. So he's he definitely he has a great artistic eye, and I and I like that he puts it in this trip and I like that you know there's so many strips that are just kind of faces saying punchlines that he's he's putting stuff into the artwork that he doesn't necessarily have to do but he does so it's fun
0: yeah well i mean yeah if if we weren't comparing it to crazy cat i think you know (laughs) i I might be able to say more more positive things and i'm not saying i'm not necessarily saying negative things about it no Um, no it's just kind of ambivalent yeah exactly um and like you said it's a it's also a thing where like i don't read comic strips anymore Either, yeah. so um.
1: they're hard to, to. I mean, when you're reading them every day, it's one thing, but when you just want to sit down and it's just so weird. Uh, why? why? I, I think <laughs> at one point back in the days of Live Journal, there was there were people who would take the um, the feed, like the the syndicate feed. They would copy the strip onto the Live Journal feed, so you could read it every day and not have to go to the site, and it would be a part of the other stuff you're reading. So maybe if I could do that on Facebook, I'd read comic strips. But that's about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, oh shit, I had, oh, well, you mentioned Dilbert, um, which I never understood, like, well, we all know Scott Adams is a huge fucking well, asshole, yeah, he was ignoring that, I, Even beside that, I, I always thought it was stupid, and, I mean, he really lucked out, I mean, I guess, I don't know when Dilbert started, I guess doing a workplace, uh, yeah. strip was, was a smart thing to do, but man that guy really lucked out because he can't draw i mean (laughs) i don't think anybody would argue that he's a terrible artist Um,
1: i i I, when it first began when not only workplace but kind of geek nerd nerd yeah that was a big deal and i i kind of liked it when i was like 19 or 20 because it was so different and there'd be all these like kind of computer references that were funny but at some point like in the first Four or five years that I read the strip, I stopped because it – like I said, it became – he was – instead of going for the refri- grandma in the refrigerator, he was going for people putting up in their cubicle, and it was no longer funny. It was just he was obviously reaching and just it, – it stopped having the – I don't know. It just – there yeah. was some funny stuff he was trying to do, but it just stopped being funny because it was the same thing over and over.
0: Well, yeah, when I became aware of it uh, – and I don't know at what point in the strip I did, but it, it seemed – Super hacky the mm-hmm. the comedy, so yeah, it was never my thing.
1: Um, I think right now, I and mean, as we both said, we don't really read them that much. But from the little the little that I see, I think *Pearls Before Swine* and Mutts are the two good comics that are still going. And then there's the the ones that have been going for years. And if I still read comic strips, I would enjoy that they exist, but not really laugh at them like *High and Lois* and and. <laughs> Well, Funky Winkerbean, I think they did like a, a time thing with that where they everything jumped in time. So Funky Winkerbean is now a high school teacher or something. I think that still exists, but they did that. But anyway, and uh, Sally Forth is weird, but sometimes funny.
0: I, I can't believe Sally Forth is still go- – I mean that must be one where they like – they
1: changed writers a few times, right? I think so. I think probably, yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Luann is still going. I think that's the same writer. Um. Yeah, but
0: you know, RIP Kathy. Ack. <laughs>
1: this dress doesn't fit.
0: Ack. The worst. Um, not the worst actually. There's, no, there's not been so some... I mean, family circus is pretty far down there.
1: Um... I think I the thing about Kathy even though it's it's so weird it's always, she was always talking about weight and stuff but Kathy was a trailblazer. It was a, a it was a, a male dominated feeling it was a Kathy I don't know the woman's name who wrote it, but I assume her name was Kathy because it, it's easy. But whatever her name was, she was a woman in a male-dominated field, and not only that, but it was there. There's the only time you'd see a woman is when it's a mom, and here's someone who's not a mom. It, it was interesting and yeah, a different.
0: Sociologically, it's interesting. As a strip, it just wasn't very good, unfortunately. No. But um, yeah, no. no. But there's
1: lots of bad strips that aren't doing things that are. That's that true. Are,
0: yeah. So, I mean, if I could. If I could draw cartoons,
1: I, that would have been my career, unfortunately. Did you I read can't. the Dinosaur comics? No. What is that? Oh, man. I've talked about that like seven podcast episodes in a row, and I put I put it up on our uh, Facebook page, but it, it must not hit your feed. No, I'm That's sure the it one... did,
0: but wait. No, no. Remind me. I probably just didn't click
1: it. The um, The guy who writes Unbeatable – or what's her name? Undefeated un... – Anyway, Squirrel Girl comic, Ryan North, came to start. got his start on an internet comic called Dinosaur Comics, where it's the oh, same yeah, clip art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I might, no, I didn't click on it. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I promise. But no, it just reminded me, because you did have a comic strip that was the same clip art over and over. Right, right. Because, yeah. I, yes,
0: I did do that. That was not <laughs> me drawing. That was me <laughs> photoshopping a chicken. Um. Yeah, no, I think, and, you know, you can make a good living doing this, too, especially if it's syndicated. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, but it's so hard to break into. It really is, Wait, do you know someone
0: who does it? I know somebody whose husband does it, yeah. Um, Although, just political cartoons. Um, And I think, I don't even know if it's syndicated, it might just be for a local paper, but um, he makes a living doing that. I'm like, God, that's that's crazy.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, you're in the Bay Area, that's where the most famous comic strip artist of all time lived.
0: Uh, you're gonna have to help me.
1: Ted Knight's character in Too Close to Comfort. Oh, that's right. Close for comfort.
0: Yeah, his his little magical cow. Um, wait, do we do it? Do we do a Too Close for Comfort episode? I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think remember watching it. <laughs> I don't know that I could.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could, for Jim J. Bullock.
0: Yeah, for him only. It, it's weird. Um, so and Ted Knight. And, yeah, although he's not as good as he was in Mary Tyler Moore, but that's not, I mean, that's not saying much, yeah. But it's, I don't know why this is. It's really weird. But so he had the two daughters, Ted Knight, on that show. Um, Mm -hmm. One was blonde. One uh, was a brunette. The brunette, I think, was it Deborah Van Valkenburg was her name? I can't even, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know which was which. But uh, for some reason, every time I heard... A female radio DJ, <laughs> I pictured her, the, the brunette <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a happy life. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean,
1: it made things more bearable, I guess. Who knows? I, I, I don't think they ever did anything else as far as I know. Maybe no. an episode of Murder she wrote. Yeah,
0: I I mean, especially the blonde, I don't think, was the greatest actress. So
1: let me see. So Jim J. Bullock. Oh wait. So on that show, wasn't it always J M J Bullock? Yeah. His IMDb is Jim. Well, that is crazy. Did he change it recently?
0: Who knows? Maybe somebody Deborah, went in and edited. It. They're like, "JM's not a name."
1: Deborah Van Vakenberg is, yeah, it doesn't look like she has anything recent on her IMDb. Oh wait, she's in with in an evening with Waterhill and Lawrence Gordon, a tribute to Andrew Laszlo. Oh. I don't think that's anything. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure the too close for comfort is in our future oh, God, episode. Yeah, I don't know what what to compare it to though. Uh, Caddyshack? I'm just thinking of Ted. Oh, I, now. I, I watched an episode of a, a current TV sitcom, which was not as bad as I thought it would be, but I think it would drive you bonkers. Um, Superior Donuts? Is, uh, I don't was, know. No idea. Uh, it's a a show with the uh, what's the guy's name from Taxi, who was also in Dear John. Um. Oh, Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch owns a donut shop, and then, so, and it's a do- donut shop in Brooklyn. So it's being killed by all the big chains around it. And this uh, black guy comes in and wants to work there, and he's also a graffiti artist. And you can go from there. I think you know where it's going. Wow. It was it was not that good, but it was better than I expected it to be. Really. I mean when I say that my expectations were very, very low.
0: Yeah, they were in the toilet.
1: I it's a uh I think it, what's the whatever Big Bang Theory channel it's that that channel. Oh CBS, yeah, so I
0: their their sitcoms are
1: But it yeah. has David Kochner, Kuchner whatever. You okay, know the Koechner, guy yeah. Yeah, he's pretty funny. It's nice to see him getting work. Well it's yeah, it's And Katie Sagal, that's right, she's in it too.
0: I'm always happy to see Judd Hirsch getting work, which he has pretty consistently, really. <laughs> I, I mean, just not stuff I've watched necessarily, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I won't be watching that. But cool. <laughs> you
1: should watch one episode, and <clears> then <throat> um, I mean,
0: not like it. Is there a laugh track or studio audience? Yep. Yeah, of course.
1: As I said, you will hate it.
0: Yeah, I like For how CBS's CBS's whole thing with sitcoms is like we're keeping the studio audience. Why? Do they have any that doesn't
1: have this studio audience? I don't think well, they do. I, you know, I think you, you and I don't really care for them, but I don't think other people care as much about them. And it, it struck me when I read that Tina Fey book and she's like, you know, that's the style right now. If it wasn't a style, I would have used a laugh track. It was, it's not like an artistic choice that she's, you know, really in, uh, attached to with 30 Rock. I mean, it wouldn't have worked with 30 Rock, but maybe she would have written a different show.
0: Yeah. Oh, it oh been... she has
1: a new show coming
0: out. Have you seen commercials for that? No, but I remember reading about it a while back.
1: I forget what it is. I, she's not in it, but she's created it with her husband, and I can't remember what it is. Something with music, though. Well, yeah, her
0: husband's a musician, so that makes sense. Um, he did the theme song for 30 Rock.
1: Yeah, even had words in the first episode. <laughs>
0: Did it? Oh, shit, I don't even remember that. No, we uh, yeah. really watched it recently. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then never hear it again.
0: Yeah, it's like a Bonanza.
1: <laughs> they had... Or the nasty one, um, Star Trek. Wait, where Star Trek had words? Yeah, the dude wrote the theme song, and he was going to be collecting a bunch of money because that show ran for so long, but Roddenberry insisted on writing words, so he would get a piece of it. Oh, God, Roddenberry.
0: Wait, was Roddenberry involved in Next Generation? Like, he didn't write it, right? I probably think he probably created
1: it. I th- I don't. I think he cre- helped create it. Yeah, because he was still alive at the beginning, so he was involved. Yeah, and yeah. they t- like because they took stuff he threw out. Um. Yeah, we got off mutts, but I don't know. There's not oh, a lot to say about yeah. muts. It, it's run for a long time, but it hasn't really changed that much since it started. It's. It's good for what it is, I like it a lot, and uh i I like the art more than anything else, yeah and I the think same. both that and I mean it, it's not a rip off of crazy cats it's influenced by which i i I think there is a difference that's worth noting, oh and yeah, I think that's a good thing,
0: yeah, I mean, it's like that uh there was that it's probably still going um well, there were a couple like rip offs of uh the far side that were just like really inferior, yes, yeah it's <laughs> like it. People think like you can just like
1: throw out non sequiturs and that makes it funny, but no, that's not how it works. And that's really not what The Far Side did. I mean, some no. people saw them as non sequiturs, but there was always, even if it seemed like a non sequitur, there was a an a, internal logic to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite. I don't. I wish. I think I might have gotten rid of that at some point. But one of my favorite comic strip collections is the Far Side 50th Anniversary. Where there's a bunch of of Far Sides in it, but what's more fun about it is. Um, Gary Larson, like talking about stuff that went wrong. Like, uh, there's the one where there's a Far Side and Dennis the Menace, and they traded uh, word captions, and they actually fit, but it made Dennis the Menace really creepy. <laughs> it was like, why? I forget. It was just imagining like tigers eating something. And oh, well, I gotta look Dennis that up. <laughs> but the great thing is, uh, Larson's like uh, Dennis the Menace actually made my strip funnier. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the first and there's time there's that, anybody.
0: Thought Dennis the Menace made something <laughs> funnier.
1: There's that uh, the other famous one where it's like uh, cow tools or early cow tools or no. Not yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm, yeah. I,
0: heard, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah,
1: but it's like you know, this would have been funny if I knew how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's uh, Farside's a good. We, we, we'll do an episode of Farside sometime. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, for me,
1: huh? Let's. Oh, let's, you know what we should do? do is, Wait, yeah. No, no, no. We should do an episode about Top 10 comic strips. That's what I was just going to say, because I'm yeah, thinking, not, like... Not now. That's a whole episode. That's that's ripe.
0: Yeah. Crazy Cat would definitely be on mine, though. Um, all right. You know what I never really read uh, that also a lot of people uh appreciated was Pogo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I never got into that either. Yeah,
0: although I think Walt Kelly was pretty far to the right as well. Well, politically, but I don't think it came out in his strip.
1: Was it? Because it wasn't, isn't he? Was, he might have been an environmentalist as well, though. Oh,
0: was he? Yeah, I don't know. I just remember the, him, like, th- mocking John Lennon and Yoko Ono um, on their bed in for peace, although that is very mockable. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that
1: might be a <laughs> generational thing more than a right or left thing, but yeah, I'm, I might be wrong, because I thought there was the, like, we have met the enemy and he is us, and it was like a strip with yeah maybe, yeah like, he's doing this whole thing where he's just like looking at this pollution, yes no,
0: you're right i I remember that specifically, so you know what you know what else I never read uh although I don't think it was like a a strip in the papers, maybe it was in alternative papers, uh zippy the pinhead,
1: yeah, I used to read that it was only in it was only in alternative papers it was it I, don't, I didn't get like that much ah. it was okay i mean i maybe it, I was too young for it but it just seemed like it was just trying to be weird for the sake of being weird. Maybe also that I got into it after it was already big.
0: Oh, you know, it's going to be in my top 10. No, I got to ask you if this will count. Um, can I do this? Uh, Garfield minus Garfield.
1: <laughs> I don't see why not. Okay.
0: All right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Definitely start with crazy cat. Uh, and then look at Mutt's. And then and then go on to Mutt's.
1: Yeah, What's guess, interesting is you look at uh, at uh, who's inf- influenced by Crazy Cat and Charles Schultz is mentioned. And I think he talks highly of it. And then if you look at the Mutt's Wikipedia page, Charles Schultz called Mutt's one of the best comic strips ever. So <laughs> I guess he got older. and he was like, hey, I like it again. But the, <laughs> Yeah, he was just senile. He forgot <laughs> hey. all about the original
0: Crazy Cat. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you want to go into recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians? Sounds good. You can go first. I'm trying to. I know. I, I forgot it. It's been a rough week for uh, for me coming up with something, but I am going to recommend uh, season three of Grace and Frankie.
1: Really? I still haven't watched season one and two, so I'll have to. Oh go yeah.
0: Over. I it, I mean,
1: it's surprisingly
0: good. Like that they made a show about. Older people. I mean, they have their kids are on it as well, but you know,
1: right? Yeah, they are the stars. Yeah, older
0: women, older women specifically, and uh, it's really good. I mean, I th- I feel like you can't go wrong with Lily Tomlin in anything.
1: And, and you can he, also not go wrong with Sam Waterston in everything. Yes, exactly. He's gr- he's especially good this season. Um, th- to go a little bit off topic, did you see the episode of Colbert where um Sam Waterston's daughter was on? No. Oh, it was because she, she's an actress. She was in the the latest uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Harry Potter universe movie, and uh, she was on Colbert. I, I think it was for that, or maybe for something else. But she was doing an impression of Sam Watterson. He came out, <laughs> and it was really funny.
0: <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I got. See, you know, uh, did you ever watch Human? No. Okay, on, it's on Amazon Prime. I think I recommended it in the past. You you will like it, for sure. Um, you should watch it, because Season 1 is up there. Season 2, um, I guess, was just came out in the UK, so it's on Amazon Prime, but not free. You have to buy the episodes. But watch Season 1 of that. Um, it's, it's like, made for you. I think I talked about it. I, uh, I compared it to that episode of Black Mirror that we did. Um, oh, okay. With the, yeah, it's really good. Um, so I was, I was like super psyched to see on Amazon prime. Oh, season two's up, but then it's not free. It made me angry. (laughs) Anyway,
1: I think I have two recommendations. I'll start with a comic book. It's a collection of stories by Jeff Lemire, the guy who did this or does Descender. It's called Essex County. And also does,
0: sorry, Black Hammer, my favorite,
1: one of my favorite current uh, I have on. to read Go that. I, yeah. I knew you recommended that. I had to get that. Um, but Essex County is a collection. They're different than other stuff. It's not science fiction. It's not uh, It's just – they're just personal stories about people living in Canada. Like the first story in the collection is this – like they're all kind of interrelated in, in the collection. I'm reading the the brothers who played hockey together and this a, a grandson. It's just like these little stories. Fun little stories, and uh, not especially. Well, they're good. Okay. <laughs> Fun is probably not the right word because some of it's a little bit heartbreaking. But it, it's it's well written and uh, well drawn. It's black and white, and it's good. I had never heard of it before. It's from a few years ago, but Essex County. So it sounds more like like kind of a comic book version of a short story collection, maybe. It's like yeah, that, that kind of that, sensibility. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that, that's a perfect uh, definition. It's there's there's and it's definitely has a canadian sensibility to it there's a lot of a a rural canadian (laughs) sensibility there's a lot of hockey and farming and uh the other one was a sitcom where i started watching it and wasn't sure about it but by the third episode i've been i'm I'm, i like it the trial trial and error with with uh,
0: oh john lithgow i was going to ask you about this one i i uh, recorded it but i haven't watched it yet
1: it's worth it the first episode i didn't especially care for, but by the second and third episodes, it, it kind of has, it's found its feet and it's, it's pretty funny. It, it, you'll see in the first episode where they're, they're going really broad. With That's some what of the, the
0: commercials characters. look like. Yeah. Uh,
1: and it, it doesn't hit quite as well in the first episode as it, but it kind of, it kind of builds up and it's better in this, in the, the later episodes. And it's weird to have, have a show so broad and, but also be kind of in the arrested development office mode where it's, it's has the interviews and stuff you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. those shows are usually more, a little more uh, grounded in reality. And this one really isn't, but it's still fun. It has it, one thing it has going for it that uh, reminds me a little bit of parks and record, the Simpsons, where it, you're in this town where it's just crazy. The town is as much a character as, as anything else. It's just, there's all these crazy people who live in the town and you meet each episode. So that's fun and good acting and stuff. So it's, it's worth checking out.
0: Okay. I, well, I will, since I have it recorded, I, I shall watch. Um, yeah, cool. All right, um, write to us yeah. at popculturecontinuum at gmail and Pat will tell you the rest of the things that you must do.
1: Also, next week we're going doing
0: Husker Duh. Yeah, we're doing more. The final Husker Duh. I mean, I could. It
1: can't be the final. No, it will.
0: Uh, these are the. I, they actually have two albums that we haven't done. Um, but they're the first two albums. Which i don't even listen to that much like the first album i don't listen to ever it's just like live hardcore and then the second album is uh they have a few songs on it that are actual songs and the rest are just like blasts of noise so we'll never do those but yeah we're gonna do who's next weekend the final one so i don't mind listen again
1: i don't mind blasts of noise when there's there's no singing (laughs) <laughs> well, there is. Wait, singing, what are we? So. What, are, what are we, Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, write to us at Popco, You already said that part. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. And also, when you're, if you've already rated us highly on iTunes, go to other people's ratings and click them as helpful when they're highly rated. Oh yeah, that that's good. It helps too. And that's something for someone who's already rated as highly. And you're wondering what can I do for you, Pat and John? I've been wondering for so long, I can't write emails to you cause I don't know how, and that's obviously why people don't write us, huh. but I want to do something simple. Just click on helpful and other good reviews. Oh, I'm going to go do that. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's it. Oh, tell your friends to listen. Most importantly, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. I think we, uh,
0: we got a bunch of, well, they're not listeners. we got a bunch of uh, new Hispanic fans, at least of one post, um, because I did a a boost thing on Facebook just to see how it happened. I don't know if it actually did anything. Like, they might have, these might just all be people, fake people who work for Facebook. (laughs) I don't think so. uh,
1: It's a a weird list because they do seem like fake people. Yeah. But, oh, well. Oh, well. In any
0: case, um, until next time, Hoosker Do, goodbye, everybody.
1: Goodbye.